Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Val. And apparently I'm the only one without a fun name today. I, (laughs) because we're talking about this movie, Summer Rental, like the dumb Swede guy is my favorite because he's so clearly not Swedish. But that's what he gets called is the dumb Swede all the time. You dumb Swede. And he's clearly very Scottish. I mean, very Scottish. So I was like, I got to go with that name. Jake, you've never seen this movie until we made you watch it. That's correct. Which is crazy to me. This is a big part of my childhood. Like, I watched this all the time. But I before I watched it um, for this show, I hadn't seen it since, like, my early teens. Like, I started, Mm -hmm. I stopped watching it when... I was trying to be cool, you know, like I just, yeah. I didn't have time for this nonsense anymore. But before then, um, I watched it so much and it's like one of those quintessential eighties movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, and, and that's so funny to me because I am not one that's like completely unfamiliar with a lot of the pop culture of the eighties, nineties. Like I'm pretty familiar with most of the stuff that's out there. And so when Tracy mentioned summer rental, I'm like, I have no idea what this movie is. I've never heard, <laughs> but I kind of nodded and smiled and said, yeah, that sounds great. Let's go ahead and do that. And sure. I was like, I'll just do my homework. And, but yeah, this, for whatever reason, this was not on my radar uh, growing up and most movies that would be in this time frame and this type of movie were totally on my radar. So it's, that's it's what weird. surprised me because we've talked about other movies in this kind of time frame and genre. Yeah. And you, you're totally up on all of them. Yes. So and, especially, me. And, and I love John Candy. I love great outdoors. I love uncle buck. And so it's really surprising that this was not one that I was familiar with. I'm interested to see <laughs> the difference between my reaction and Val's reaction having seen it as kids and watching it now as adults versus you seen it for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. When we get to the into the conversation and into the reviews, I'm curious to see how your reaction was. Yeah. Yes. It will be interesting. Well, I really um, love that we're following up from what about Bob with this movie? Because again, it's a dad that just really wants this vacation <laughs> that he's planned to go right and like Nothing all of right. these things, everything's like, you know, just cutting him off and he just wants to have good memories with his son. And um, it, it, so I think I think those are good. Like if we were if we were going to pair a couple of movies together, I think these are two good movies that you could watch like one after another. And it would be it would be a good summer movie sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think they go really well together and they're great to be talking about this time of year as we go into the summer and you know maybe you can't go on that vacation you were wanting to go on but these are a couple of movies that you can put in and have like a a virtual vacation almost <laughs> and if you watch this one you're almost grateful that yes. you couldn't go on the vacation mm-hmm. that you wanted to because <laughs> all of these things could happen to you and it does have some really good it does have some really good quotes one of my um favorite quotes from the movie happens um, kind of towards the beginning of the movie when John Candy decides to sit on the beach while all of his family goes to swim. Cause he's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to get 
too wet on the first day. <laughs> so he sits there in the sun and they come and wake him up and they're like, you're kind of red. And he's like, that's a good base. You have to do this in stages. And he's like a lobster in that, stages. You went straight as, to like second degree burn. As, <laughs> as he's sitting there and he's that red, I am just in pain, like just looking at him because I've had, you know, I think we've all had a sunburn like that where you're just like, it just hurts. And you see somebody else and you can feel the pain of the sunburn. Uh, I, yeah, I felt yeah, I for think him. Tracy sunburned his head yesterday, didn't you? Right there. Right there, yeah. kid. Yeah. Not yeah, so much hurts. here or here, but right, right here. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, having a sleep apnea mask that goes over the top of that, not fun. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So aloe vera, aloe vera has been my friend. I was going to ask if you had your Noxzema. Noxzema? <laughs> That's also my favorite. So they end up, if you've never seen this movie, John Candy wants to put together the best summer vacation for him and his family and and he really just needs a break. So he, he rents a summer rental house as well, people do for the whole summer. Like his, this his is crazy. Makes him do it. Yeah. He has to, and, because he's a, he's an yeah. air traffic control guy and he like totally yeah. wigs out about a plane. Yeah. yeah. Cause there was a fly yeah, you on need the to go, plane. You need to take a vacation. Yeah. You need to, you know, decompress. So he rents this summer house for two grand and they show up at this like mansion. That's amazing. <laughs> if you rent an entire house for only two grand for the summer, even in the eighties. <laughs> so, Inflation. So that, they that show up part, and they're having a great time. Like yeah. it's a blast blast, right? Mm -hmm. He gets sunburnt. His wife like covers him with white Noxzema everywhere. And he's wearing like this robe <laughs> And he answers he, he the door and the like people a that actor. actually own the house show up to the house and he looks like I don't know what he I can't a even kabuki. describe what yeah. he looks like what a kabuki looks, actor. <laughs> so when they when they show up originally to the house so I had watched the trailer before I watched the movie because I was like what is this movie even about and from the trailer, I got the feeling that they were going to be kind of staying in a not as nice house. <laughs> and so when he shows up, he's like, oh, this is really nice. And like, they've got a balcony and like their own entrance to the beach. I'm like, the trailer did not make it seem like this is how it was going to go. Something is not right. And so then when the owner showed up, I said, okay, now it's starting to add up and make sense. Bye. I feel like into the 80s and probably 90s, you could have probably driven around any like lakeshore rental properties and just found the keys in mm -hmm. the mailbox and like yeah. taken over the house for nothing as long as there was nobody. They just left the keys there. And yeah, because right. they got the street wrong, oh. they it was a different in the street address. But that comes to my second favorite quote when he's like getting out of the house in, yes. at night trying to get family to the other one. And he goes back upstairs to get his Noxema and he he's like, and my daughter and the daughter's like, I wet my bed, daddy. And he's like, oh, no, honey, you didn't wet your bed. You wet their bed. <laughs> it was so perfect. And I, and I love that because this poor family that shows up that owns the house that's just showing up to their summer vacation home on their summer vacation. Like they've done nothing wrong, but he is holding it against them. Cause Why even as he's walking along the beach and he's like, 
It's like stepping on people and he's breaking stuff. He's like, yeah, just send the bill to 415 <laughs> Beach Lane. And he makes sure that it's their address because he's just like trying to still stick it to him because that's his whole thing. He just, you know, it's awesome. <laughs> but this is the thing. If that's your summer home, why are there keys in the mailbox? Yeah, that's a great question. Not- I, I don't know. It and doesn't I think all you're add right. up. It's okay. <laughs> I think you're right. Well, I think you could probably drive around these beach communities in the eighties and you probably could have found a nice house to stay in for free. Cause the keys were probably in the mailbox all the time. Like, ah, it's a low crime town. Nobody's going to do anything. We'll just leave the keys in the mailbox. Everybody knows everybody. It's up by the lake. Now, no. no, I now, have so to say really at quick. The beach, Before we get to the yeah. beach, the other part that I love about that whole scene at the house is the poor dog who is just laying there on the floor and they're like stepping over him. And then he's like, somebody's at the door, Archie. Archie's just laying there asleep. Yeah. Archie is like like the worst dog ever. I mean, he's just laying on the floor. Come on, Archie. Archie. You got my back, right? (laughs) Nothing. They keep stepping over him to go out the door, carrying all their stuff. And he just lays there until the kibble gets spilled all over the floor. Then that wakes him up. Then he's ready to go eat. You might have some neighbors uh, come by. They, they, this is high quality kibble. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so I mean, so you're, say you're on a summer. You're on a summer vacation. You're kind of a big guy, right? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about the whole movie: one, I'm a huge Blackhawks fan. But yes. two, who wears Blackhawks jerseys to the beach the whole time? If you're, if it's hot and you're like this big guy, and I do have to admit it was good coverage for his sunburn. Yeah, so maybe that. I just love that he's wearing it throughout the movie because I'm a huge Blackhawks fan. Yeah. But John Candy is Canadian. Mm-hmm. He is, but I think um, he was part of the Second City Players, right? And he was with SCTV, which I think was all based in Chicago. So he's got a lot of ties to Chicago. And when you watch a lot of these, if you want, yeah, if you want to, yeah, when you watch a lot of those movies, yeah, when you watch a lot of these movies, they're all taking place in Chicago or uh, centered around Chicago in the nineties. Like Chicago was. 80s and 90s, Chicago was the place when they made mm-hmm. movies like Home Alone is in Chicago, Wayne's World is in Chicago. Isn't Ferris um, Bueller's Day Off? Ferris Bueller's and yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is in Chicago. They make a lot of TV shows in Chicago now, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago PD. So I I love that he was wearing a Blackhawks jersey because I think they're from Atlanta in the movie. They are. Yep. So, but well, nice. and, and, I'm not gonna and, argue and, with it. I'm a huge fan, but I just thought that I'm like, aren't you burning up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, black hockey jersey on the beach, not the best choice. But yeah. the, I was doing a little research on the making of this movie, and the guy who came up with the story is a bigger guy himself and went to a beach out, I think, in California and said, you know, it's it's hard being a bigger guy at the beach, especially when yeah. you're in California and you've got everybody whose bodies are perfect and kind of came up with the idea and uh, as a larger gentlemen myself i'm trying to get down but you know um i i felt that i i totally get that it's not it's not easy it it is a it's a constant feeling of being in other people's way all the Mm -hmm. time like Mm -hmm. as he's on the beach and he's trying to tiptoe through there and he's spilling his cooler all over everybody and everything (laughs) else like just ice water felt 
I felt his pain because you just feel just by essence of being a bigger person that you are in everybody else's way. And so if you're also carrying a bunch of stuff and you're trying to balance a bunch of other things, it is the worst feeling in the world. And it just makes me cranky. So I could totally feel his pain. And that combined with the sunburn, like, honestly, it's amazing. No beachgoer lost their life that day because honestly, but, but I get it. It It is tough. Um, and and he only had one kid that he had to take. You have like six yeah. kids you've got to get through the beach. Yeah. And I, I felt for him as soon as, because as a parent, like as soon as he got to the spot and then he's already tired and sweaty and then he's blowing up by his mouth, not like an air compressor or a little like thing, this big thing, because he wants his son to be happy. And it, he's like, okay, I've got your floaty. He's like, I don't want the floaty anymore. I want to play Frisbee. Frisbee. And he throws it right at him and he's like, Oh, say, can you see? Yeah. <laughs> I knew I knew Tracy would sing that on the way out today. That's a request. <laughs> it was yeah, that, that or the Jimmy Buffett song that plays over the credits. It, it was yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is another and good that, choice. That song was never released officially by Buffett. That was only available on the soundtrack to this movie. Oh, interesting. Wow. That's yeah. cool. I, I love the scene where he's blowing up the raft because he just collapses on the ground and his wife's like, oh, good, you're here. Can you finish blowing up this raft? <laughs> yeah, why not? I'm just blowing out air anyway. Sure. And he is. He's like, <gasps> I mean. I'm only blowing great. out air anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because he is. It's true. It's very true. So mm, I so he's on the beach. They, they get to the beach, their actual beach house, which is a dump compared to the one that they found. Um, and he decides, like you said, Val, he's trying to bond with his son. The Frisbee thing doesn't work out. The volleyball thing, he tries that. That really also does not work, work out. Um, and as he's laying buried in the sand, which my kids thought was weird. Why is he buried in the sand? I'm like, people go to the beach and do that. I don't know. I've never <laughs> been buried in the sand. I don't know if it's relaxing I don't know. It was, it sand seems like sand everywhere. just gets in places you don't want sand to get in. But, the, <laughs> but he decides to take his son sailing. And but they you go can't sailing. skip what he says. Like he had a what about Bob moment when he was like, oh yes. yeah, I'm a sailor. I'm, I'm a sailor. I immediately I, went, what about sailor. Bob? Yeah, it is actually very close to the quote for Virtual high five. What about Bob? That's <laughs> like, yeah. Good tie into last week's show for sure. It was, I remember thinking that actually, as he said it, yep. but yeah, he, so he goes sailing and the sailing <laughs> works out well, except for the crashes into the side of the rich captain's boat that he's already had a run in at the lobster restaurant, which oh, the lobster that, restaurant was. That scene is one of my <laughs> favorite childhood memories growing up. The whole slap on the table. Oh, is this your table? Is this your lobster? Is this your wife? <laughs> Yes. Well, and, and the frustration of you've been waiting for two hours, you know, for out, for a meal, and then you get up there, and the last five lobsters are just gone. The table mm -hmm. got taken. Like all that stuff just feeds into that. And and like we've mentioned before, he wants to have the perfect trip and the perfect vacation with his kids, but everything is just falling apart. Well, and, and they've spent two hours talking about lobster. This is all he wants. Yeah. Um. And they and so that that's when they decide to go to a different restaurant. Um, 
And and they meet up with a pretty funny person. This is so Jake and I were talking before the show. When I was younger, Tracy, the mm-hmm. only people I really recognized from the show is John Candy and then the girl from the Goonies, right? Because right, she was like right. a big part of my childhood because mm-hmm. she's like in teeny pop everything. But then as I watched it for this show, I was like, oh my gosh, look at all these other people right? that I yeah. know that are in these movies and Rip is there. And I like when I was younger, I didn't. I, that didn't mean anything to me, right? And right, now yeah, that totally right. means, yeah. Yeah, there's John well, Laurent, there's Rip Torn, there's Joey Lawrence, Joey Lawrence, yeah. And when you realize that, did you all just say, "Whoa, whoa"? <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to go no, but for the that restaurant scene was yes. like that, you know, you've got all of your kids sitting there and then you're like, "Okay, we're going to go to another um restaurant." And he's like, "The guy at the 7-Eleven, the guy at the gas station said this one's the best." Plus, Always listen the to the only gas one station. Like, we've all been there on vacation where we've either gotten in somewhere late or we didn't know we needed to have a reservation, so we end up at some you know, really like podunk local place, but it was like the best for them because he met the guy who was going to help him save the vacation. Right. Yeah. But you don't know it at the time. When we, a few years ago, we traveled up to Washington and we got into this small town um, and we wanted to eat somewhere. Like it was late and we went to the subway. Right. And it was me and like my extended family. So there were like 12, 13 people traveling in this group. We all get out of the car, start walking up the subway. It was like 10 minutes before they closed. And the people inside the subway saw us coming. And I'm not kidding. Walked like almost ran to the door and locked the door closed. <laughs> so we couldn't get in and like turn their side off. And we're like, <laughs> so we had to settle for McDonald's. <laughs> so. That's what I thought of when he was like, this is the only place open. Like, that was our only option because that was the only place open after the subway closed. But they saw us coming like, that's too big a group. Lock the doors. Oh, my God. I would have just stood there at the door and, like, I would have just been like, (laughs) come open this door. (laughs) Ten more minutes. (laughs) But, yeah, so, but Rip Torn, the pirate. (laughs) <laughs> I guess he's kind of a pirate, kind of. I don't know what he is, but he's but he's ripped torn, and he was fantastic, and he's going to save the vacation because they decide through this whole regatta thing after he injures his leg. Jack Chester injures his leg, and I mean by running into the other guy's boat, right, and putting right. a hole in his boat because mm-hmm. they both mm-hmm. thought that they had the right of way. <laughs> I, I tend to think right I tend to think that Jack might be. I don't know. Like, I don't know how it works on the waters. What's that? This is the thing. If you're a dick like this guy, you think you always have the right of way. So it wouldn't matter if he did or he didn't. He he walks into any restaurant. He gets what he wants. He eats all the lobster. And then wherever he is on the water, he has the right of way because he's a dick. He reminds me of the guy from Billy Madison. Yes. That, uh, that is trying that to beat him the whole time. Like he reminds mm-hmm. me of that guy. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And, and that's why I don't know. Like, does he not really have the right of way because he just always thinks he has the right of way, but it also makes sense that like the smaller craft on the water is more maneuverable. So you would think they would have to give way to the larger 
less maneuverable. I, but I, I'm I not know. a sailor, but I, I think that when he says the starboard has the right of way, I think that's true. Okay. Ahoy. <laughs> you can be a sailor, Tracy. You can. Yeah, I'm a sailor. I can I sail. sail. It'll be a, it'll be a breakthrough. It'll be awesome. I love it though because when he's in that little boat, right, with his son Joey Lawrence, um, he's like using language, and us as parents, we can kind of like. <laughs> use it. And then the son repeats it. And this happens like through the duration of the movie. And he's mm-hmm. like, watch your language. Where did you learn that? Well, he's learned. You just said it. Yeah. Like he it was literally it. the last like, thing you oh, said. Movie. Watch your language. Where did you- <laughs> <laughs> Parents, they learn it from you. So I know. watch your language. It is so true. We have a little <laughs> parrot. My four-year-old hears everything and repeats it all. Sometimes it's really funny, and sometimes it's like, oh boy, I did not know you were around when we said that. <laughs> so They hear everything. <laughs> My previous boss has a three-year-old and um, hit the edge of a coffee table and fell down, and my boss said, oh shit, and the kid popped right up and goes, oh shit. <laughs> I was just like, no, uh-uh, no, no, we don't, we don't say that, and she went around for like a week. Anytime she would do anything, it was, oh, shit. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, this time, Tracy said all the swears for the show. I know. He, he took all of our swears this time, I which did. is fine. I did. Mine's usually available to take anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting through this 80s movie, right? And you've got, mm-hmm. he's bonding with his son now. He's secretly learning how to sail as his family's going off and having fun. Um, his daughter, he's having some fun moments with his daughter that are also really awkward for him, but he's trying to like, you know, get into the moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course he, he figures out he's going to tell them all that they're going to do. Well, the guy that owns the house they're renting dies mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the dip, he, of course he is now owns the house. Right. So they have a bet that if they win sailing, then they can be there an extra two weeks for free. So he tells his family, they're going to do this thing. And here comes the big eighties musical. Like we're going to play the eighties song. All of Mm -hmm. the family's going to come together. We're going to do something that is going to save the family and the trip. Like this is the eighties thing. Like you always have that moment where we're going to yes. have a music montage <laughs> where you're either painting a boat or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And so that's that's where this 80s and it just makes you feel so good because it's the cheesiest crap. Um, but it is the eight, 80s movie. And it's why I love this movie so much. Like it just it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah, it it does. And that's definitely upbeat. It's definitely fun. You're definitely pulling for him. This, but this movie was weird to me because the minute he walks into the restaurant and they've got all the trophies kind of lined up and they're talking about, oh, it's been won by the same guy for the last, I don't know, 700 years or whatever it is. It, it was like third. It, it was a long time, like seven years in a row or something. Yeah. But but like the minute they're talking about that and then he has the run in with him at the restaurant. I'm like, okay, so this is the big bad that somehow he's got to beat him at sailing. <laughs> like, which is fine. I don't mind a movie being predictable because formulas work in movies because they're good and they're fun. And so it's okay for it to have a formula and it's okay for it to follow that formula. 
But I felt like then it took a really long time to get to the point where he was going to be sailing him in the race. Like we knew that that's where it was going to go. But then there was a bunch of stuff in between, like the relationship, not really a relationship, but the wife with the, the John Larroquette character, like Mm -hmm. it kind of hinted that it was maybe going to go in a certain direction. And then all of a sudden that just kind of goes away when she's on the boat with them. And like, which is great. I don't, you know, that's, that's fine. But like, it felt like they were teasing it and then it didn't go that way. And then I don't know, it just felt like it took a really long time to get to where it was going. I I agree. I noticed that the boat race only doesn't, doesn't start to like 15 minutes left in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to be the big ending and they had to figure out how to get more story in there because the movie is what only like an hour and a half hour and and 26 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, It's not a long movie. what happened is like, okay, well, who else is on Saturday Night Live right now that we could get in this movie? Because <laughs> no, if you look at all of the comedians that are kind of in this movie, even the, the ones that aren't as well known at the time, mm-hmm. they all like were in this kind of comedic family and right. they have like these little moments. Um, and so it just, yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, a lot of those moments didn't need to be there, but I think they were like, okay, this, we've got everything shot, but we need it to be a little bit longer. Yeah. So what, what else can we, we do, do that's funny? What, what yeah. else can we do that's funny? And, and, and John Larroquette's hanging out down, you know, down the studio lot, just eating some lunch. Should we go grab him? He's shooting night court right now. Yeah. Well, and it was just funny because he like shows up and he's like, oh, I'll pay for your tickets. And then it's like, oh, he's going to try to swoon her. And then Jack's going to get all jealous. And I'm thinking, well, maybe this is how he gets like reengaged with his family is he's like, oh, I'm going to lose my wife if I don't like engage and have fun and we go sailing or whatever. And then like none of that happened. It was just weird because like they went to his cabin a couple of times, yeah. but nothing really anyway. But but it was fine. It yeah. just was weird i i loved though the moments when he was by himself at home because that's when the most chaos seemed to happen like (laughs) when his neighbor next door invites him over after he drops the tea and she's like that whole thing was bizarre like it is it is so bizarre (laughs) like what is happening i was when i was loving guys face the other day will you just feel will you just feel my wife's boobs just as a favor to me do it yeah, like, let her know that how they. Those are very lifelike. <laughs> yeah, nope, they're great. All right, and she's doing wow, it even yeah, like later, like the judge I, I, of the race too. He's like, "Would you stop? Just leave him." Well, he's a judge. I value his opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I turned down a power tool and got these instead. That's a good investment. You're going to enjoy that. <laughs> That's fun for the whole family, is what he. It's yes. fun for the whole family. <laughs> I feel like like some of this was in the same vein like of what like kind of storyline they tried to throw in there was a little bit like um big, like the vacation movies because yes. in uh-huh. like every vacation movie you have the dad and then you have his hot wife which is very mm-hmm. similar to this and the hot wife is always trying to get wooed by someone else in the movie right. so maybe they were trying to do that but they didn't quite do it in the same finesse and then you've got all these little side stories i do like the part where he leaves to go next door and just and the lady brings her daughter over to use the restroom and now it's like <laughs> it's like restaurant. Season. yes and he's some guys like making food for everyone some guys on the long distance phone call there's another guy up on the bed with his dog like i i really liked that because you know that's not going to happen in real life and then you think to yourself wait 
maybe it would because people don't care. Like no, they're they on the beach, they're hungry, nope. they're hot, and if they feel like there's some hospitality somewhere, they're gonna go there. Gonna, I feel like the way my life would kind of works out usually in those situations is that would totally happen to the house that I'm renting. I would come back and be totally furious that it was going on. And then everybody, including the police, would be like, well, it's your fault because you left the house unattended. You shouldn't have left the house unattended. <laughs> like it would somehow be completely on me. And I would mm-hmm. be like, well, I guess that's true. I'm just the worst. And like well, that's you're, you're the bad guy for shutting down the party. Yeah. I love it when he goes up to the guy on the bed and he's like, get out of here. The guy's like, find your own place. I was here first. I was here first. <laughs> and Archie's <laughs> snuggling the guy. I know. And that's when he's like, Archie, you are the worst. And he like – Archie is not a great dog. I mean, he's just. I mean, he's a perfect dog. He's just yeah, his yeah. own dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. But he he's doesn't like, listen to You guys to brought him. me on this vacation. Well, I'm going to do what I want. It's interesting, too, because you mentioned vacation, and the mom in this movie kept reminding me of um, the mom in the vacation films. Yes. And in fact, well, I, I had to look her up perfect. to see. Oh, I'm yeah, sure, I, but I had I to look her up to make sure that it wasn't the same actress, and it's not. No, but, no, boy, that sure that sure made me think of her. I I thought the same thing. Yeah. I was like, is this the same? Like, does she just do all of these kind of vacation type movies? And, yeah, but yeah, it's a different it's a different actress, and like she really but has. They like, have the young son. They have the hot daughter. Like, it's very like this formula of the '80s, um, and so yeah, I just. Yeah, it the was very, very again, it, the Griswolds of Atlanta. These movies, they just kind of like put the cookie cutter of yeah. the 80s movie mm-hmm. and they changed the story a little bit, threw in a couple different actors and then pushed it. But I mean, that's totally fine because they're all just fun family movies, kind of, because there yeah. are some questionable things. But again, when I was younger, like I didn't know or even pay attention to anything about the movie that was inappropriate. I had no idea. Right. Yeah. It wasn't well, until like, I watched it for this. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't remember. I grew up in a pretty conservative home as far as that kind of stuff goes. And we watched mm-hmm. National Lampoon's Christmas vacation every year. Yeah. And I remember the first year my wife and I were married and we started watching it together. And like, we got a lot more of the humor. Like we're paying attention to it a lot more. <laughs> And then when we had kids and we were watching it, it was like, we don't watch it with our kids because there's a lot in there. It's like, what are we? And it's not horrible. It's not horrible. Right, but it, right. It's just stuff that you miss when you're a kid that you don't understand. And just it goes like, right over your head. And mm-hmm. there's definitely some of that in here um, for sure. Well, and back but, then we didn't have PG-13 yet. It was PG or R. Yeah. Right. And this would clearly be a PG movie. Yeah. This is PG-13, not an R-rated I mean. film. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I agree. And and I love it. It is the typical like when I watch an 80s movie, especially an 80s comedy like this, you know that the language is going to be in there because like especially for the kids, they want to find opportunities for the kids to use that language because it's just funny. <laughs> kids swearing, it's it's just funny. I, so I just ahead, really though. love the relationship between the husband and wife because mm-hmm. like he knows who he is and what he looks like. And he knows he yes. has a hot wife. And even at the beginning of the movie, when he's leaving to go to work and 
she comes out and she's like, what's in there? And he's like herbal tea. And she's like, nice one. And she switches it out. And she's like telling him all about why he can't have it. And he's driving down and she's like, I love you. And he's like, Oh yeah, nice. You say it as I'm, you know, I'm already leaving her out the door later on in the show when he's a little self-conscious to go out on the beach, Mm -hmm. you know, she's like, well, I love you. You know, she's like, I, uh, Uh you know, I love this. Every bit of you. He's like, I can't, yeah, he's like, I can't move or do anything. And she's like, well, I can, you know, are you busy tonight? And he's like, I don't want your pity. And she's like, you got to take what you get going yeah. once. Going so I, I thought of you for some reason when I was rewatching that and that line came up. I'm like, I could hear Val saying something like that. You take what you get. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to like it. And you're going to like it. That's what I well, I love. I love I the scene with the swimsuit as well, because, you know, he's like, your mother was right. You are sick and twisted. And I, I just can't wait to use that on my wife when she talks about how attracted I am because I would be like, you are sick and twisted. <laughs> we all are with the people that we love. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and no, I, I think, just, but I just really, I really love their relationship. I think they're sarcastic. They're funny. Yes. They understand each other. You know, it's, it, it's well, just, he, I don't know. I, I didn't seem to, like, sometimes you'll see movies where you see people that just really don't fit. But I, yeah. I really could see those two like yeah. characters being in real life and like falling in love with each other, yeah. you know, anyway. Well, and I think I loved um, the Jack Chester character because I think he was um, very sarcastic with others. He was a jerk, but he very clearly cared about his family. And yeah. um, I loved a lot of his sarcasm. I loved when they're sitting on the beach and his daughter's up talking to the lifeguard. And he's like, are we okay with her doing this? And his wife was like, oh, they're just talking. He's like, well, if you remember right, that's how she got here. <laughs> it started with just talking. And like, just stuff like that, where he's just very quick-witted. She comes out not- in a bikini and he's like, this isn't a nude beach. <laughs> She's a bikini. But I mean, like, that's or- so, like a dad, I- like the first time mm-hmm. you see your daughter when she's like a teenager, this happened to me and she like comes out in this bikini, but now she's got this teenager body and you're like, okay, Whoa. like it's okay because it's just a swimsuit and everything's covered. And you yeah. were at this age before, but at the same time, you're just like, ah. <laughs> so I, and I, and I even love when he's driving to work in the, in the beginning and he's cracking the one egg, you know, he's peeling the one egg and he eats it. And then he, <laughs> goes to do the other one and it just smashes and he's even like that's That's on me i that was my (laughs) fault didn't specify to boil the other one too and i thought that is such a dad response because you're you're like and then you realize nope i really didn't explain that that's what i wanted him to do like i you got to connect those dots for the kids he said forget the spaghetti and throw in another egg he didn't say hard boiled yeah (laughs) it's totally his fault but but I, I love that because as a parent, as frustrating as it is, you're like, oh, no, that's totally on me. I did not explain myself clearly. And so <laughs> there was a lot of realism in it uh, as as and that sounds weird because the movie itself, the story itself, there's not a lot of realism in it. But in the interaction, right. it felt real and it felt genuine. And I think. Well, and I yeah, think. I, oh, go ahead. I, I don't know that people understand just how great an actor John Candy was. Because in roles like this, when he's carrying the movie, like we we seem to remember him a lot on as side characters, but 
as a lead actor in some of these movies, he is incredible and he plays it so well. And so genuinely, um, I, I mean, just such a rare talent. That, and that's exactly where I was going to take it. Jake is that he has so much heart and he's got so much charisma to him and mm-hmm. people at the time kind of stereotyped him as the funny fat guy. And right. he was way, way, way more than that. And it reminds me of, we talked about this when we did, um, trains, planes, and automobiles. It that that scene where he's talking about his wife, and he gets very serious about how you know somebody loves me, and I know that I'm big, and and it kind of is the same way in this role too. And and there's a there's a real depth of humanity to his character. He's not just a one note guy, right? And yeah, very underrated actor. I totally agree. Yep, but I will say. Um, the one thing about this movie, absolutely 100%, his earring has to go. Like, once he gets that hoop <laughs> earring, I'm like, no. That just... His wife discovers it. Like, she's yeah. going into his room to wake him up, pulls down the covers, and she's like, well, that's that's something. Nope. That's cute or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're out drinking with Captain Scully. I know. But, yeah. uh, it was... <laughs> I love when he's when Captain Scully's teaching him how to sail and he tells him um like a certain saying to say and he says it but he <laughs> Captain Scully goes off the boat and he's like well it would be nice if you'd come get me and he's like oh okay and he's trying what? to turn around he's yep, like well maybe on. you could to me <laughs> I think it was I think it was jibe ho you're supposed to say jibe ho and then jibe and then he yell it before you jibe (laughs) and then later they're in um the bar his restaurant bar slash thing and he's like does your head hurt and he's like that that was on me and he's like yeah (laughs) (laughs) that that was mostly my fault yes it was every everything that he did wrong he he's like he took full responsibility to to everything he did wrong like he had you know it's great I love the regatta scene at the end. The race scene is fantastic. There's so much in it that's good. Um, Yorku is one of the weirdest, creepiest little guys in a movie ever. The guy that goes down to play dolls with his daughter. And like, that's just weird. Cause he's like, yeah, it's fine. I'll go play with her. Like, and in the eighties, that was like, oh yeah, the adult's going to take her down and play with her and everything's fine. Now sure. you're like, don't like stranger no. danger. Don't let her go down there with, I mean, obviously that. That didn't happen. Everything's fine. But he was a weird guy. But the whole race scene is just great. I love watching him and his family working together. Um, and the team that he kind of assembles of these misfits and ne'er-do-wells and the dumb Swede, who's very Scottish. Like, all of it was just just great. But the moment when they're like, we need two yards more of sail. If we had two yards more of sail. And he's like, okay, take the wheel. And then he fastens his pants up there. I'm like, that is just awesome. <laughs> it's just great. And then the smile that he gives the jerky captain as he passes him. I just well, love it. The only thing that would have been better is like underpants. Because putting pants onto a sail is just funny. Yeah. I thought I thought they were going to do like his hockey jersey. And he's mm. just going to be there shirtless because there was the insecurities about being shirtless with the swimsuit. They had like drawn attention to the hockey jersey a couple of times. And so I thought that's what they were going to hang up there as the sale. I was pleasantly surprised when it was the pants. Like that was great. <laughs> and then they're dumping all the garbage overboard. Yeah. Wait, the freezer's still on here? I told you to get rid of all of that. No, 
You says to keep it all down there. No. So they start throwing it all overboard. I love that. There was so much <laughs> that was just fun in that scene. And I feel like even though it felt like it took us a while to get to that point, it delivered right. on what it needed to be. It was uplifting it, it and fun. It gives us the happy ending. What was that, Tracy? It had to be. It had to be fairly short. I mean, there's not a lot of drama there, so it's a fairly short scene. Right. But it works. I don't think you could have stretched that out any longer. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I. The only thing I wish there was was something at the end, like after winning the race, like them, like chilling in their beach house or something. Cause I'm a, like after the event, like how are they all doing after it happens? Kind of a, a person, right. but this just ends with the end of the race and he wins and that's it. You, you like, want like a title card at the end that says he was the reigning regatta champion for four yes, years. In like a row. He, yeah, exactly. He and his family, the other guy, that, Pisco, like he became it. a professional pirate. I kind of like it. I think it's very, you know, it's very 80s. You got the Goonies on the beach, you know, mm-hmm. with all of the, the the stuff and it goes out and then you've got, I mean, this is kind of like um, My Crazy Summer, you know, uh-huh. where it's very similar in in story and, and yeah, so it just kind of lets you feel like, okay, they're feeling good. Let's just leave it at that because probably they came off the beach, the boat exploded and like yeah. something else <laughs> like went wrong. So it just kind <laughs> of like while they were out racing the boat, leg. I don't know. While they were out racing the boat, the house caught fire and burned down anyway. So all their stuff was just lost. <laughs> just... Well, it's because uh, Bob Wiley left the bomb at the, yes. at the beach house. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you leave the bomb inside the house? <laughs> But this is just, it's such a quintessential 80s movie, but I was an 80s kid. Um, how do you think it held up? I'm, I'm Val, I'm curious to know your opinion. I I really had fun watching it. And honestly, I kind of want to watch it um, with Dave, my boyfriend, because I don't think he's seen it, but I ah. think he would get a kick out of it as well. Um, and so it's just, for me, it's really fun. I know everybody likes Uncle Buck and Uncle Buck is a really fun it's movie, good. but I would her to watch this movie over Uncle Buck, honestly. Um, Uncle Buck's a little more um, hostile for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I think the sarcasm is way like, and for this, it's it's there's sarcasm and there's humor, but there's also so much just like easy love and just, I don't know, it's just more, a little more relatable to me and it flows a lot better even though it's completely ridiculous but at the same time that it's completely ridiculous you're you're going to relate no matter who you are again it's kind of like you know what about bob every character you kind of relate to you know you've all you've had the moments and so i yeah i i'm glad that we redid this movie because i forgot how much fun this movie was mm-hmm. Jake, how about you, having not seen it before? So, yeah, having not seen it before, and I was telling Val this before we started recording, I, I think this is one that I, to really appreciate it, you almost had to have grown up watching it. Because for me, there wasn't the nostalgia factor. So for me, while there were some great moments, and I think that John Candy, Rip Torn, like as actors, they carry the movie and they have a lot of humorous moments in the movie. But... For me, I just noticed a lot of the pacing issues and a lot of the struggles with the storytelling. Like it felt to me like a, a paper that you write in school where you've got 
the opening paragraph nailed and you've got your final paragraph down and you know exactly where you're going to go, but you have no idea what you're going to do for all of your, the rest of the paragraphs in between. So you got like this essay that really strong beginning, really strong finish, but everything in between is just kind of mush and you're circling around. That's what it felt like to me a little bit. Um, I could, I could totally see that. So yeah, having, but, I, I tried to watch this without being nostalgic. I tried to take the nostalgic lenses off and I noticed the same thing. I noticed a lot of the pacing issues, um, but, but it still holds up. Okay. It doesn't hold up as well as what about Bob, but it, it's a, it's a fun little movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Yeah. I, I, I agree that it holds up. And I think the biggest reason why is because John Candy, I could watch yes. John Candy in anything. He is just so brilliant and so, um, talented. And I mean, as a bigger person myself, John Candy is one of those people that you just like aspire to be like, because he's just so talented and just so amazing. Uh, and so I think for that reason alone, it's definitely worth watching. So what, so uh, what great, yeah, talk about what's coming up. I give it a solid B. Honestly, I just thought it was fun. Yes, there were problems, but it's kind of like one of those movies like, okay, but like it was made in the 80s and I don't really care about the problems. I just think it's fun. Would I watch it over and over and over? No, but every mm-hmm. once in a while to remind yourself of the movie. And I just think John Candy, it, he makes it seem so easy. I've seen him in other movies where I feel like it was a little more difficult for him to get the part right. And for this movie... He just, his timing was so great. Yes, the writing wasn't that fantastic and there were some really weird parts, but for me, I just thought, um, I just, yeah, it's it's just fun. It's just fun for your brain. Yeah, it's definitely a product of its time. It's definitely an 80s movie. Um, I would give it somewhere in the B, maybe B minus range, but probably more towards the B because of John Candy. Um, I'm, I'm willing to look past a lot of those things. Um, yeah. And, and seeing Rip Torn again, man, you just hear his voice and you just know that it's Rip Torn. And mm-hmm. it kind of made me think of, um, Dodgeball because that's one of my favorite <laughs> Rip Torn characters. If you can and dodge you just... a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that movie should not have worked on any level. And it did. But it um, did. so well. it did. But this one, it just, it's just the fun, turn off your brain, enjoy for an hour and a half. It, it's a short movie. A um, lot of fun. John Candy brings a lot of heart and humor to it. And yeah, check it out. I would probably put it in the C, C plus range. And again, because I feel like it's an essay that's mm-hmm. half written. Um, and if it, if it didn't have the pacing issues, it would be a lot higher. And it's only as high as it is because John Candy is amazing. But it's still that's a fun right. movie. Like if it's on definitely stick around and watch it. But I, I, it's probably like we rented it to watch it, which is fun because Mm -hmm. we rented summer rental, but I don't, I'm glad we didn't (laughs) buy it because I don't know that I would watch it over and over again. Yeah. So, but we do have some fun things coming up. Um, Well, first of all, so this episode is going to be airing Saturday, May 30th, and then we'll put it up on our podcast feed uh, again on Monday on June 1st. So um, are you able to do the review now, Val, or do we have to wait until next week? No, I should be able to do it. Let me, um, let's see. Um, yeah, I should be just fine. So there is a movie that you can stream on Amazon prime 
as of, um, I just want to make sure the dates are right. As of, yeah, today, um, it opened this weekend on Amazon Prime. There was a couple or a weekend that it was actually at the drive-in movie theater. And that's The Vast of Night. And I've got to tell you guys, this this movie is only an hour and a half. Um, It's rated PG-13. Um, it has two really main characters that you don't actually realize until about probably 10 minutes into the movie that they are the main characters um, mm. of the film. And it's two young kids and there's a young kid uh, male that he is a radio DJ of this very small town. And then there's a girl, a young teenage girl who is a phone operator. It takes place like in the fifties and it's very reminiscent to, and you'll get this right off the bat. You'll think um, of the twilight zone or outer limits kind of feel. Um, And I have to say, I I did see it um, at the drive-in movie and there are certain movies that kind of work or don't work. This storyline works for a drive-in movie, but it's very dark in color. The movie Mm. is. And so when you're at a a drive-in, it doesn't quite work out so well because it is so dark and you're outside and lights are going on and off. So I did miss um, some of the great cinematography that was in the film. It's the first, it's the premiere movie for this director. Um, for a feature film. And I got to say, like, for his first feature, even if it wasn't, um, I just really enjoyed it. It's a suspense sci-fi film, and it has a little twist and turns in it, but something's in the sky, right? And this kid's on this radio show, and as the town is at this game, because the whole town is at this game right except for a couple of people that still have to work that night and they do such a great job in the cinematography at doing these long shots to show you how far apart things are in this town because you're going to travel the entire town during this movie as these kids are running back and forth to try and figure out what's in the sky who's Mm. seeing it um and as you kind of discover it um it's it's just very interesting. It's not it, there aren't like any any explosions. There are no big like special effects. It is just it reminds me of like if you were to do like an Orson Welles radio show and listen mm. because it has a very Orson Welles feel to it. Um, and they do some risky shots in the film that I think were very necessary. We're sitting at the at the drive-in and all of a sudden the screen goes entirely black as this guy on the radio is explaining his story to the radio host kid. So it has you feel like as if you're sitting in your living room and listening to the radio, you can't see anything. You've got to visualize this story in your head. Now that's really risky, but I thought it was so smart of him to do because you are creating like this old school Orson Welles kind of, moment um and i i was just super impressed i will give this movie a b plus i'm gonna watch it again this weekend so that i can see the parts that i missed because you know of the (laughs) of the moment i just want to tell people if you're going to um the outdoor movie theater you need to shut your lights off you need to turn them to parking lights as you're moving in and out i just think there's a lot of people going that maybe haven't been before because they're the regular theaters are closed, so they don't know the etiquette. Um, and so it was really difficult to see. Again, the story-wise, because it was suspenseful, was really great for an outdoor moment as the cool air is coming through through the windows and they're outside running for their lives. Like, it, it kind of lends to that. But the actors are great. One of the, the main actresses in the movie, 
was fantastic. I can't wait to see her and other things, but it's very just simple sci-fi old school, again, like outer limits of twilight zone, Orson Welles feel. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Solid B plus for me. Um, I will definitely watch it again on Amazon. So if you're a subscriber to Amazon, um, you'll be able to watch that movie this weekend. Remind, awesome. remind people the title again. Oh, the vast of night. The vast of night. So look for that on Amazon prime this weekend. Uh, and, Definitely check it out. Sounds like a good movie. I know I'll be watching it this weekend for sure. So um, we will be back next Saturday live on June 6th. And we will be talking about the movie fighting with my family. So you guys can prepare for that. We will have one, possibly two guests. Um, Travis Tate is going to be on the show from late to the party with Travis Tate. He's also a stand-up comedian. Um, He and I have done and, and Tracy, you were on a a wrestling panel with us at Fan X. And then, um, well, I don't know that Travis was on that panel. He was on one I, of our really big um, Fanex um, yeah, group round panel. tables about yes, Spider-Man, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, and I I've think I've done a couple of panels with Travis yeah, on I've it, been, other, other topics, yeah. Travis yeah, and I... opened for him for my first stand-up night. The first night right. I did stand-up comedy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Um, and Travis and I hung out for a whole day at Wizarding Days up in Logan. We were like two of like five panelists that came and did panel. So we we're like on panel after panel together and kind of just hung out the whole day. Um, he's a good guy. I like Travis a lot. Um, and then possibly another guest. Um, she's not totally sure. She's got some stuff going on that weekend. So she may not be able to make it. So I don't know that I necessarily want to throw it out there and make it look like she ditched us. Cause she's not, she just has stuff going on, but we may have a couple right. of guests and what's that? No, I, I said, just we'll said, see. Right. yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, we are talking about fighting with my family, which if you don't know, it's about a WWE wrestler named Paige and kind of how she got her start and came up uh, and became part of the WWE uh, and really it's kind of a true story, right? It is. Yep. She was an actual wrestler. Um, and she really came along at a time when women's wrestling in the WWE was switching from uh, being all about the looks of the athlete and becoming much more about what they could do in the ring, similar to what the men do. Uh, and she was a big part of that, what they call the, the women's evolution. Uh, and so this is kind of a cool story about her roots and where she comes from. And it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, it's really entertaining. It's really well done. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about that on June 6th. And I'll be happy because it has the rock. It does have the rock. Does. I've seen this movie um, two times already. I did see it when it came out in theaters. Um, and then I watched it again uh, with my boyfriend during quarantine. Um, and, I, you know, we we both enjoyed it. So I'm I'm really happy that we're talking about this film. Yeah. And if you're not I mean, this is a, the type of sports movie that if you're not actually into the sport that it's portraying, you're still going to enjoy it. Like I love Miracle. I don't know anything about right. hockey, but I love right. Miracle because of the story that it portrays. And I think this is a similar kind of thing. So um, we're excited to talk about that. Uh, if you have feedback for us, you can send that to podcast at movies that make us.com. Uh, you can also leave comments just right under the video right here or any of our posts that we have on Facebook. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion for a show, let us know. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram uh, at movies that make us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at movies make us um, just all the places. 
and we just appreciate you guys listening and keeping us going. So absolutely. All right. Well, thank you all for listening and we won't see you at the movies. Oh, say can you see? This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.